0: Hi, I'm Lucas. And I'm Brian. And this is the Quacks Podcast. hello everybody welcome to the podcast 2020 i don't know what episode we're on but uh welcome welcome brian what's up buddy you just sound like you're from like quebec or something in the B. Yeah. welcome to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> wow that sounded actually really nice you <laughs> should talk like that all I the time wish. i wish hello welcome. everyone welcome to the new year the but new no podcast. just go deeper on it okay just and like, slower ah yes welcome to the podcast oh man dude that is the voice right there you are invited to a very special time. I like. Kissing the Brian. I don't. It's very (laughs) nondescript. I became Italian there at the end. (laughs) I could do the Russian, you know. Let's hear it. Hello, comrade. Hello. Hello. I like vodka. I know you do. Yes, we talk about vitamins. Make very strong. We do talk about vitamins and... uh, (laughs) Alright, we're being goofy. So what's going on, man? Not a lot, of dude. Um, So this is going to be a a news episode, basically. We're just going to do a short one. We've been doing a lot of long ones. So we got some good interviews out there as well so cleanse the palate cleanse the palate we're gonna do a couple cool new stories and uh brian wants to talk about the law of attraction Mm. the secret he's a big fan (laughs) i'm a big fan big (laughs) secret guy (laughs) so what's up what's with the law of attraction am i so are we starting here yeah we're going all right well i just especially in the new year everyone's i mean not everyone but a lot of people have Resigned themselves or said they were going to start some new practices in their lives, new thought processes made manifest through behavioral changes. Yep. And I'm no exception. So what what I'm saying is I'm always astounded by the fact that when I'm doing something or thinking a certain way, how many people I talk to that are doing the same thing or thinking the same way? So i've been very positive regardless of what's going on in the world right now i remain positive because i don't pay attention to media sources good bad or indifferent that's steer clear because guess what there's nothing i can do there's nothing you can do so why watch a train wreck in motion or a even a parade why Just be where you are with yourself and don't worry about the outside world. So, that said, law of attraction. I'm talking like a million. Okay, I'm also going to say that I've had my first caffeine since the new year. Great. Great. Uh, it was just your Mate. But well, I if- love that because sometimes you're on a downer when you come here. Sometimes you're on an upper. It just it, it gives the podcast a lot of variety. That yes, I think people come back for. Yeah, and then they can be like, "Well, we like this version or we like that version." You're getting the kind of speedy version. Yeah, we like coked up Brian. Coked up Brian is next week. Um, <laughs> I'm preparing right now. <laughs> God bless. Okay, so anyways, law of attraction um, in making new choices in a new year. It's astounding to me. Like I'm back pretty... uh, I mean, I'm doing the the fasting again, the intermittent fasting. doing the intermittent fasting. I did fall off the wagon a bit during the holidays, but once I got back on it, how good I'm feeling, how many people I'm encountering who are doing it or talking about doing it, how many people are just in the same kind of headspace that I am on a general basis, yet when I'm down on myself, like right during the holidays... How many of those people, how many of the Eeyores come out of the woodworks, man? I mean, you Hmm. do attract what you put out there. I think that that is the number one law of the universe. I really do. Yeah. I think that we manifest or at least have a hand in energetically creating some kind of connection or discourse, depending on where you are, with our fellow people, animals, plants, everything, dude. It just... It just makes me realize how much more and more that we are so connected. We really are. And I know that sounds new agey and foo-foo. A little bit. But it is true, man. And yeah. I, I've woken up to it again just because I, I'll be talking about some of the coincidences that come your way. And when you believe in that and you understand that it's a possibility, I think we see that more. So try to have good thoughts. Do good things. Compliment somebody, a stranger once a day. I know that sounds crazy, but it is so cool when you see somebody's eyes open up and they go, I'm going to get my mace out if you don't step away from me right now. (laughs) I was like, I just said your skirt was nice. No, but compliment people, (laughs) compliment people, be kind. And I guarantee you it's going to come back to you in spades. I know I'm being new agey. I'm being um, positive. No, I love it. I love um, it. I know. I, I'm like apologizing for being positive in this day and age. That's right. You got to just be nihilistic. And well, if you see somebody walking down the street singing, they're nuts. They're not in a good mood or happy. Why is that person singing? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I I, am totally on board with you with the, uh, you know, the secret and all that stuff. I will say people can take it too far. You know, I remember one time, I think it was the author of The Secret. Yeah. Like, I don't remember if it was Australia or New Zealand. Like, they got hit with a tsunami. Yeah. And The Secret author came out and was like, well, they must have been having tsunami thoughts. And I was like, <laughs> ah, <laughs> too tsunami. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that, might be, that might be a little too far. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Anything can be taken too far. But sure. I think it's all personal two it is this personal and there's thing. there's actually a, a psychological name for it I, I can't remember what it is right now it starts with a c but it's it's basically where you think of what you're going to see and all of a sudden you start seeing that everywhere right and so it's like you know if you think of the number seven all of a sudden you're just you, all you're thinking about is seven all of a, you just start seeing seven everywhere totally and it it isn't statistically accurate you know, it's a it's a perception thing, mm-hmm. but happiness is not a statistical thing. Right. Happiness is a perception thing, so you can actually use that to be more happy and satisfied with your life. Right, um, but that's why we use science because science is. Is divorced from that, and mm-hmm. so you can actually get you know statistical data and somebody who's like I'm looking for the virus and and it causes everything and right. you know those guys who who have like you know mono or whatever causes every disease or Epstein Barr that causes everything you yes. know and and this is that process you know in a negative way. Um, do you believe in manifestation? Like we can actually manifest totally our our thoughts into reality or material. I do. Um, but I think there's just limits to it. Right. You know, and, and what those limits are, I would probably be surprised, you know, I I don't know. I see this leads me into the, and this is, we're getting very heavy here, but solipsism is something that I've looked at because it's the argument that, <clears throat> pardon me, nothing is quantifiable but your own perception. Yeah. I'm, I'm aware of solipsism. Well, mm-hmm. not everyone is. So mm-hmm. um, it's just very interesting to me because that is true and if that's the case and you're manifesting everything which is weird which is by and large essentially a dream yeah um, and I think that that's painting with broad strokes um, that, that's basically saying you're God I guess and in, in yeah a way. I mean I in sales I deal with people who are solipsistic like unconsciously yes and when you sell to them and when you talk to them you have to put everything into terms that affect them you know if it doesn't affect them they aren't interested in it at all and so you you, when you're talking to them you kind of get subtle hints when you start talking to them that that you're dealing with an individual who's like this who just turns off that you can literally see their brain turn off as as soon as you start talking about something that doesn't apply to them right then from then on you just have to everything you talk about has to affect them in some way so it's like an egoist is the same thing as solipsist in a way an unconscious solipsist yeah in in a way i think it's subtly different but yeah okay because i've dealt with guys especially who have big egos yeah and they're they're not quite solid because you can be solipsistic and not have a big opinion of yourself that's true you know what i'm saying like you can you can actually feel really bad about yourself and and think you're not very good but yes. you can still think everything affects you yeah well see that's that's a narcissist too is big ego low self-esteem oh okay interesting like i mean you can and we're and this has been Philosophy One Hundred and One with Lucas and Brian. Yes, I like oh. these deep comments. Oh yeah, yeah, though. that's good. This is good stuff. But um, you have found some pretty cool stories for us to get into too. I do. Let's um, manifest that. Yeah. So the first article was by this Matt Stone guy. Uh, have you heard of Matt, Matt Stone? Matt Stone from South Park? No, no, no. He's this is a, a dietary author guy. Okay, no. So I have not. He wrote an article. <laughs> Uh, called Blue Zone Bullshit. And I love it already. Yeah, and it's really interesting. So he's written a few good books on health, um, and he put this article out, and you know it's going to be in the show notes or whatever if you want to read it. So if you've never heard of a blue zone, it's a place in the world where the people live a long time, usually much longer than average. And there's life expectancy? Life expectancy, correct. So like the one, well, I'll get into it, but there's been a lot of research uh, looking at these blue zones and trying to figure out why people live so long. Okay. And much of the mainstream diet advice that we've heard, like the Mediterranean diet, it comes from studying these blue zones and determining that the food that they eat is aiding in longevity. That's where these diets come from. Oh, wow. Now, most people have heard of okinawa in japan where Mm. there's you know tons of 90 year olds like still working and and generally in good health well matt zone basically debunks the whole blue zone theory really completely and it's kind of crazy because i've always heard okinawa the longevity was coral calcium based yeah. And there's some people that say it was the sweet potatoes they were eating. And I mean, there's all kinds of theories <laughs> about why it is. So I don't, I think it's kind of crazy because I really like the idea of these blue zones mm-hmm. where, you know, you're like in tune with your surroundings and you live a long time. But so anyway, in this article, first he shows that the actual geographic area that these people are living in matters very little. And so, he cites Japan, which has the highest longevity of any country. I think their average lifespan is 83.7 years. This is pre-Fukushima. Continue. (laughs) No, this this is (laughs) post-Fukushima. They're living to be 124 now. Yeah. (laughs) But if you look at Asians living in America, they actually live longer in many places. So, for example, Asian Americans living in California have an average lifespan of 86.3 years. So, it's genetic. Genetic. Perhaps. So same same in New York, same in New Jersey, handful of other places, Hawaii. So there's no magic in the actual place that they're living. Okay. All right. The next thing he shows, this is what really blew my mind. Basically, life expectancy and height are inversely correlated. So there was a big study called the impact of height and weight on lifespan, hmm. which showed that for basically an inch of height you had, you lose a year of life expectancy. I l- I've always said that. Yeah. You know you don't see a lot of old tall people. Nope. Nope. And remember, we're talking about averages here. So, you know, some some tall people live a little bit longer, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't buy the shrinking thing either. They go, well, that's because they shrink. They shrink two feet. Come on. They yeah. shrink all the way into the grave. What, Let's just be honest. What I'm trying to say is, you know, you can't oh, look <laughs> you can't look at your inch of of height and be like, That's one year for you. I know. It's average. <laughs> all right. But Japanese are shorter people. So what they're doing is they look at basically all the people who are six foot, they figure out on average how long they live, then for all the people who are 5'11", and so on, right? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So the crazy thing is we always hear about how women live longer than men, Mm -hmm. right? Women live around 9% longer than men on average, but men tend to be about 8% taller than women. And this exactly accounts for the difference in longevity. Wow. So if you have men and women who are all 5'5", they have the same average life expectancy. Wow. Yeah. So controlling for That high... is amazing. And you never hear those studies. No, you don't. It's just women live longer. <laughs> nanny, nanny, boo, boo. <laughs> now, if you look at a blue zone like Okinawa, the people living there are eight inches shorter on average than Americans. And they're super tiny people. So if you correct, for, I mean, they're like, you know. Okay, if, let's super tiny. All right. They're, they're not little people, but they're they're above... <laughs> they're above that Uh, they're super tiny okay so if you correct for the difference though in the data the life expectancy between okinawa okinawa and america it's basically the same okay the whole longevity blue blue zone deal it can be accounted for from height and this is that is so cool man i know and it's true of france and other affluent countries um so it's oh that that is one caveat i should put in there if if your country is war torn and full of poverty yes. every, everything changes so this is all for affluent countries oh boy okay but ria perlman is going to live to be about 130 who ria perlman i have no idea who is that, that is. a dated reference yeah i don't know who that carla is. carla from cheers she's like no bigger than a minute oh is she the curly Dana haired DeVito's one? ex-wife curly haired one Mm-hmm. okay i remember her okay i'm gonna try to update my references a little bit better Kevin Hart is going to live to be about 120. There you go. Okay. All right. So, what this means basically is that shoving a bunch of soy and rice in your mouth to kind of mimic these countries' diet mm. is not going to make you magically live longer. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Most of your lifespan is correlated with your height and affluence level. And it makes me wonder, you know, if you're a monster, like six, seven, and you're applying for life insurance. <laughs> dude, a monster. Dude, six, seven, seven foot. I mean, that's, that's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> to us yeah i mean we just hopped hopped out of the shire yeah <laughs> it just makes me wonder if you're that tall and you apply for life insurance and on your application you put that you're five one i wonder if you get a better rate yeah it just looks like three dudes in a trench coat on top of each other's <laughs> shoulders when i think okay <laughs> yeah anyway that's the story wow man that is so cool yeah. that is one of the cooler well i like it because i'm shorter i'm on the shorter side yeah I'm average, as they say, but Uh I'm 5'9 in heels. Okay. Um, But I've always said that. I go, I don't see a lot of older, tall people walking around. But I do see some scrunchers. Yep. I don't know. It's a little disappointing to me. I mean, it's cool and it's disappointing because... It's kind of like all the diet stuff out there. It mm. just takes a little, it takes a little notch off of it. That's you know? true. just takes a little bit like, eh, all those goji berries you're downing, they're not doing much for you. And I have been eating the coral calcium since I've been, now. and I, that's in the back of my head always. I go, Okinawa, they live forever. But what it does mean is that you can then focus on more important things like being affluent in your finances instead of reading up on all the newest diets. Dude, this, to live long cha- time. this is This this one's changed the way I see a lot of things. So I appreciate it. And I'm also horrified. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those tall people in your life, make sure you spend time with them because you never know. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> all the great Dane owners are like, hey, Brutus. Brutus. So I have one more story. But before we go on to that... Kind of tell us a little bit about uh, you were doing intermittent fasting. What experiences did you have on it? I fell off the fasting wagon and I immediately noticed a difference in lethargy during the day, Mm -hmm. more cravings, like craving all the time. And then once I was off of it, see, my issue is eating at night. And that's really one of the reasons that I want to try the fasting, because once I set up a plan, I follow through with it generally. Yeah. I'm pretty good about that. but I, during the holidays, all the crap that everyone was sending me and around the office and late night snacking got the best of me and I fell off and felt terrible immediately. I mean, everything was happening. I looked bad. I was putting on weight immediately. I've been back on it since the new year. And within two days, I felt great again. My cravings had gone away. I wasn't going, I'm starving at 11 when it was, you know, time to eat. I've Forget, I'm forgetting again. You know, it's time to eat. So, yeah. Um, but more importantly, with the exception of tonight when I've had caffeine, my energy levels have been very sustainable throughout the day. I haven't been crashing, have been going up, haven't been going down. I have been watching a lot of what I eat, um, uh, specifically processed sugar, which can give you that false sense of. It gives you energy, but... Anyways, long of the short, dude. I've been back on it for a few days and, uh, you know, a week, and I feel tremendous night and day difference. So, it's really cool. I I actually read some stuff about intermittent fasting, and if you do it, uh, this was, I think... I think it was a Mercola article. Uh, if you do it, it is good to take breaks on it, actually. Okay. That and, and it's good also to vary your feeding window. Like, sometimes you should only have a feeding window of four hours, and sometimes it should be ten. Yes. Like, it's good to not just stick hardcore with one feeding window. I actually read about a guy who was, like, four hours feeding window for 3 days a week and then the other days he was 8 hours and then one day it was like 12 hours or something like that. I can get behind that. Yeah. And and there was a lot of science behind it of of you know going between this like resting and active state and I don't know it was really interesting. Yeah, cuz you're always on the edge of ketosis, you know, when you're doing this or at least mm-hmm. your body th- thinks it's starving or how especially with how i've treated it my entire life i've also read it's actually can be good for your small intestine because it can help it clear itself out when you're not eating yeah yeah totally and immune function too i i I completely believe that this first sign of illness stop eating Hmm. because and i've heard this from you know even the naturopaths the naturopathic doctors at the store will tell a so much energy goes into digest it, digestion that it's diverted from immune functions. Hmm. So don't eat. Yeah, and then your body has so much more energy to work uh, on the immune functions and getting better. And and I have seen that in my m- in my own health. Yeah, what is that saying? Like, starve a flu, feed a fever. Or, I don't know. There's, I, a, I, there's some starve it all. Starve a cold, feed a fever. Yeah, something or like feed that. a cold. Feed a cold. Because I always think my starve feet a, a cold. Fever? <laughs> um when i would hear that but yeah so i i think starve them both yeah okay so the the next interesting article i want to cover it was called contagious emotions study suggests dogs mirror owners stress levels yep so swedish researchers uh from link oh my gosh link university recently did a small it's, study it's Linkoping yeah i think (laughs) that's too much rush in there but yeah that that university they did a small study they looked at cortisol levels in dogs and in their owners so they took 58 female dog owners who had a shetland sheepdog or a border collie Mm. Uh, researchers took hair samples from the dogs and the owners in the summer and the winter and found that the concentration of cortisol levels went up and down in a synchronized way huh now the owners who had higher cortisol levels and fluctuations had dogs which mimicked those stress levels and the same for the owners who had lower cortisol levels and fluctuations. Yep. So then they went on to see if somehow these cortisol levels were basically because of activity levels or personality of the dog or something like that or law of attraction. Yeah, yeah, we're done with that. So, they fitted the dogs it fits in. <laughs> I'm just going to say <laughs> All right. I attracted the story. Continue. All right, so they fitted the dogs with activity collars and they found that uh, the amount of activity did not change this cortisol synchronization. So, and what this suggests is that the activity of or, or personality of the dog did not affect its stress levels, but the human's personality and stress levels did. They also found uh, was that the dogs who were trained a lot by their owners mimicked their stress levels even more than those who were not trained as much, hmm. suggesting that the hands-on training synchronizes the dog with the owner even more. Interesting. Yeah. Ah, uh, the article goes on to talk about how, how you know, it's the dogs that are you know influenced by our stress and emotions, uh, but their stress levels don't necessarily influence us in the same way, and why that is. So they they posit that for us, we synchronize more with other humans. So we have a social social circle, we have family, friends, you know, who who definitely influence us, right? And how we're feeling, stress levels, all that. But for our dogs, we're their pack. So they synchronize with us. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I thought this was really cool. That's very cool. Yeah. I've al- I've always kind of heard how dogs take on our energy, you know, help ease whatever suffering you might have in Dude, life. Dude, they take on personality traits of their owners. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, it, it's great. And then sometimes appearance-wise, think of how many dogs look like their owners. That's not a joke. I mean, that's not just an Instagram yeah. hashtag. That That's a real deal. Yeah. Have you ever had dogs? I have grew up always having dogs i do not have a dog at present time what did you Remember, i was looking for a dog um my first dog was a great dane uh and then we just had collies and shepherds and dude i always had dogs nice multiple dogs um nice. yeah i loved them but dude i totally i totally understand what you're saying yeah we had a couple golden retrievers growing up then i got an akita that was a really cool dog uh, we had a Dachshund. They're a little bitey, aren't they? The Akitas. Akitas are interesting because they super bond with one person and like screw everyone else, like Avatar. Yeah, basically like Avatar. You know, it's like I love you, but everyone else, I could give a, you know, a rats bleep ass or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they just they, they they're mean to everybody else. They're not personable. They're just but to you, to that one person, yeah. you are their thing. So you were the one person. I was the person. Yeah, so and my mom a little bit too. So, yeah, so other people, I was saying, your friends or any, they wouldn't even, it wouldn't give no, them the time I mean, of day. She was nice. I mean, she was, she was a good dog. So she was, she, but she was just very, her personality was very off putting. She was very aloof, kind of, you know, what, you know, a golden retriever will just come and jump all over you and just like want e- anybody, strangers, totally. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The Akita was not like that. Yes. Like if she knew you, she would be nice to you, but but she was just not, not yeah, a cause friendly dog. Yeah, because I've gotten dog. some mixed signals from them before where I've been like, er, I don't know if I'm going in for the pet on this one because I'm usually like, hey, buddy, hey, buddy. Yeah. With the exception of maybe a couple breeds, which I won't name here. No breed shaming. Um, you know what they are. <laughs> but uh, that's one that I was always... And a chow. I was okay. always a little freaked out around yeah chows can be mean but uh no it was weird this one time i was walking this dog this akita and this guy drove by who had an akita too in his back seat and the akita jumped out of the window and ran up to my dog and like started to fight with it oh my god it was like wow this this breed sucks (laughs) (laughs) it's great but it can suck (laughs) wow just that's crazy yeah it is so anyway, that's all the articles I got for today. It's been good. Yeah. i uh gone on a few tangents. It's all right. Caffeine is waning now, so. All right. Well, I guess it's time. It's served its purpose. Thanks, everybody, for listening. www.quackspodcast.com is the website. Email us at quackspodcast at gmail.com if you have a suggestion for a show or uh, just want to give us some feedback or whatnot now we also have a facebook page so like quacks q u a x podcast uh, on facebook for all you millennials. yeah well thanks man thank you for uh for all the tutelage no problem we'll see you next week